is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. is gonna be great! <laughs> Greetings, everybody. Uh, first off, I want to address this right off the bat. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, you might be thinking, that's quite the sharp football jersey you got on. And for that, I say thank you. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it, as it is. Uh, you'll, you may also be thinking, but what team is that? I mean, uh, it's bright blue, orange. I mean, right, bright orange, got some blue in it. Um, but it's not Clemson, so what team is it? Well, it's the Louisiana Mud Dogs. Uh, and the jersey is number nine of the greatest collegiate player ever, Bobby Boucher. Um, as you can see. Now, if you still don't know what I'm talking about, it's from the movie The Water Boy, which, in my honest opinion, I think is Adam Sandler's finest movie, his funniest movie. Literally, every time I see it on TV, I stop and watch it because it's good. So, The Water Boy may be a um, kind of like a reoccurring theme throughout this Devo podcast. We shall see. It's happening. Anyway, uh, had a rough week last week. Um, I could classify it as hot garbage or a dumpster fire. Uh, not my favorite week I've ever had. And, and uh, I had so much going on, so much to wrap my head around, so much to deal with. I couldn't do the Devo last week, and, and I hate missing it on a Wednesday. Um, so... Lots of things that happened. Um, so let's let's talk about towards the end of the week. So the the least of my problems last week was this, which was still annoying, and it was car issues. Serious so thing. I go out to my car and I notice that I have a flat tire, and I was like, ugh. Now I still had enough air in it that I could get somewhere to fill it up, right? So and. There's been a lot of road construction right outside my subdivision. I'm going over big bumps. I'm like, maybe something happened where this is a one-time freak thing where it's just went low. So I filled it up. Uh, then the next day I go out there uh, and I had to take Gianna to work. And it was flatter than flat. Couldn't go anywhere. And I was like, ugh. So I change the tire because I have a spare. Throw the spare on there. Lower the jack. And the spare is also flat. And I'm looking at the spare like, you had one job, dude. You've been sitting in the trunk, waiting for your time, sitting on the bench, thinking, when's my time, coach? This was your time, and you fail. One job, can't do it. Now, luckily, there was a neighbor that was outside that uh, had a pump that I could pump it up with, and, and it lasted. So... I got Gianna to work in time, but it was like, now I have to deal with this spare tire thing. So I get, uh, this was on Saturday and I'm like, all right, I just, I'm tired. The nonsense all week that's happened, the, the, all the stuff, I'm taking a nap. So I go in to lay down and take a nap. I get a call from 
my wife, she FaceTimes me that her car is breaking down. And she was like, so my power steering won't work. There's crazy noises. And, and I was like, stop. What's the temperature doing? What's the temperature say? She goes, it's getting hotter. I'm like, stop. She goes, I'm just going to drive home. Don't drive home. Just stop. And I will figure something out. And so, uh, and, and she was, by the way, 30 minutes away. Can't, the cars never break down right by the house. Just, that's just a rule. It just doesn't happen. So now I have to deal with this. I'm trying to figure out who can help me because I'm not what you call a mechanic. And I remembered my friend Derek was living over by where she's at. So I'm like, hey, can you meet me over there? We went, figured out, needed a serpentine belt. Uh, I imagine it's called the serpentine belt because it slithers all through the engine and makes it all work. Those are, you know, through the pulleys and stuff. Those are technical terms. Pulleys and stuff. But the moral of the story is things last week just kept happening. One after the other. Bad thing after bad thing. And I was like, when is this going to end? I need to be done with this. Like right now. Kind of like church service the past Sunday. Now, not for me for once, but for my buddy Will. Now, Will played great. He, I had him on lead guitar. He played great four out of five songs. And then he had a bit of a hard time on the fifth song. So without further ado, I'm going to induct Will Mims into the Bloopers and Fails Hall of Fame with this amazing performance. So here we go. Lord Jesus. Okay, I'm going to set the stage for you. The sermon's over. Pastor Tommy is praying. And we're about to start the Father's house. Now, the song starts out, every, the band comes in together, and there's a lead line right there that goes right into the verse. But before I show you the blooper, it's a twofer, because not only do we get to hear Will's interesting take on this lead line, uh, we get to see Trey forget to turn his microphone on. <laughs> and the best part about that is since he didn't have the mic on, we have to continue the intro lead part and Will gets to continue his playing. Now, if you were just listening to the podcast, the devotional thing on, say, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or, or any other streaming service without the video element, you would have missed uh, the, this hilarious aspect of it. Uh, when Will starts the lead in what seems to be the wrong key, Trey has a look in his face like, mm, 
something's not right. Then when he goes to sing, he notices the mic's not on. And then he looks at me like, is it me? And then even though I'm not on camera, I give him the look like, you know it's you. Yeah, you indeed forgot to turn the mic on. And he kind of, all right. Everybody's already laughing at us. So Trey gets credit for extending the out-of-key lead line by Will, which also includes him and the fails and bloopers reel today. And I'm not sure if he's been on here yet. He might have been. For sure he had a blooper or two, but I may have been being nice by not putting him on here. Until today. Now he's in. So moving on. So remember when I was talking about my car troubles this weekend? Well, it was like one thing after the other was happening and it just kept happening. So Sunday during service, when Will clammed up that first intro lead part, uh... He has two more chances, two more opportunities to redeem himself. The second comes right after the chorus. Now, keep in mind, this next lead line is exactly the same as the first. So he has to be getting ready for this. He's going to be telling himself, okay, I got this. I'm going to nail it now. You can do it. So let's see if he does. And by the way, I'm going to bet you 50 bucks that he nails it now. All right, let's check it out. He does not nail it. This lead line's a real bugaboo for him. But interestingly enough, Will's never been on his, you never see him on a video doing those parts. Uh, because I, I wish that I could, they'd have panned over to him so I could see what his facial expression was. <laughs> I wanted to see that. So, like I said earlier, there are three parts of this song where Will plays that lead line. It's the same lead line, the exact same thing. And the last time comes after the song's even over. Uh, we end the song, Trey and I singing a cappella. There's a little drum beat, and then we go into just us singing, uh, which, by the way, Trey nailed. It was great. Um, and then when that's over, I say, hey, everybody, have a great week. See you next Sunday, that kind of thing. And then drums come back in, and we go back into that intro. So after two attempts, the third time is the charm. I believe in you, Will. He ain't never gonna be able to figure this out, coach. Yes, he is. Amen. You guys have a great week. See you next Sunday. I guess third time was not the charm. Oh, no! <laughs> we suck again! Now, I think this is hilarious. I, I really do. I love it so much. All these clams on guitar, they crack me up. Uh, obviously, I want all of us to be giving our best to the Lord as, as we're worshiping Him. But sometimes these fails to me are just plain funny. Uh... No one is mad about it. We've all messed up. 
but sometimes something about seeing you know someone go down in flames on stage is is pretty amusing to me um I also want everybody to know, maybe this is your first time listening to uh, my Devo podcast thing, and you're like, wow, he's real being, being real mean to his, uh, his team. I want you to know, Will knew going into today that he'd be featured on the blooper reel. He's embracing it, as he should. Uh, the fails and bloopers are not here to hurt people. We're not laughing at Will. We're laughing with Will. And being part of the fails and bloopers reel is more of a brotherhood. I mean, it's an achievement if you really think about it. Because if you are bad at your instrument, like if you're not good at playing guitar or drums or whatever else, and you're not talented, you maybe people say you suck at it. It wouldn't be funny to see that on here. You know, nobody would expect you to be like, it would be kind of like, yeah, he's trying his best to do it, right? But seeing people who are really good at their instruments, at their craft, they have such talent, clam it up on stage, makes it pretty awesome and funny. I mean, you have to agree. I guess you don't have to, but I would agree. Okay, so let's, we're done with the fails and bloopers. Will got his, uh, his comeuppance from that. I hope he liked it. So let's get to the real meat and potatoes of today. But actually, when I think about meat and potatoes, it actually reminds me of something. So we're going to hold off on the Devo for another minute. But uh, there's a sign that I see almost every day, downtown Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's not, it's not great. Here's a picture of it right here. It says, tomatoes produce peanuts now when, when i first saw it i went what are you trying to tell me somewhere in this weird weird world that a tomato is making a peanut that's crazy impossible i mean science simply refutes it i, I cannot get on board but then I realized after a couple minutes, I'm like, oh, they're selling tomatoes, produce, and peanuts. But isn't tomatoes part of produce? I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, I think it is. Just saying. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny sign. It's, it's weird. Let's think about what we're saying um, when we make a sign like that. All right, let's just... Let's think ahead. Commas could be in, could be important. Dashes. I don't know. There, there's other ways you could do it. Hmm. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack. Okay, the Devo part. There's been a topic that's come up uh, more than a few times over the past few weeks uh, that got me thinking. Let's let's talk about it in the next Devo podcast. The topic. HOA, or Homeowners Association, for those who don't like acronyms. Some people hate them. Some people tolerate them. Others accept them and live their lives responsibly without any issues. But what is the main issue with the HOA that people don't like? I'll tell you what it is. It's rules. It just so happens for the past two weeks... I have taught the youth on this very topic, rules. 
I talk about our regular everyday governmental rules, and then I transition that over to biblical rules, and we kind of have a good discussion about it. Because we know kids don't like rules. But the more I heard about the HOA, uh, the complaints, and all that from my friends, uh, it seems that uh, adults don't like rules just as much. And I get it. There are rules I don't like that I don't want to follow. Uh, I don't want to go the speed limit. It's the worst. Uh, unfortunately, there's rules and laws in place that if I don't obey, I have to pay a consequence. I also hate paying taxes, and I don't want to pay those either. But if I want to keep my home and not go to jail, I better pay those taxes. Just like in the Bible, which many people call the rule book of life, there are rules that we must obey as Christians, or laws, commandments that we should follow. We may not like those rules, but we are called to obey them. For instance, a biblical rule doesn't really, I don't love, is that I, I'm, I don't want to love my enemy because they are my enemy. There's a reason why they're my enemy, because they probably wronged me. And I don't want to like somebody who's wronged me, let alone love them. I don't want to turn the other cheek if someone hits me. I don't want to have to forgive someone seven times a day. But being sinners, we often break those laws. Both worldly, governmental laws, and biblical laws. I may break the speed limit uh, from time to time. I shouldn't. I try not to. But sometimes it just happens. Uh, let's take the Homeowners Association. In an HOA, there are rules such as how your yard looks. Like you got to keep your, your lawn looking good, cut, edged, things like that. There are only specific types of fences you can have, specific types of sheds if you want to put that in. Uh, for instance, the other day, uh, Jim here was complaining that he had to have a shed look exactly like the siding on his house. It had to look like that. And I'm like, yeah, that makes it look nice. Why wouldn't you want that? Why do you want some busted old shed in the back? You know, you, let's, let's have a nice looking shed. Um, but, that you know, you can't park some HOAs. You can't park in an RV in your driveway. You can't keep a boat there. You can't have cars over. There's all types of different rules um, in a homeowners association. And those rules, for, for the most part, I find acceptable. I mean, HOA is looking out for the community in terms of keeping things looking nice, keeping property values up. If I bought my house, I love it. I love the neighborhood that I'm in. Then all of a sudden, a neighbor starts parking junky cars on the street. The lawn was unkept. Uh, he's putting a chain link fence up and, and has a bunch of garbage in his backyard that I see. I, I'd, I'd have a real problem. I don't want to live next to Sanford and Sons junkyard. I know some of you might be triggered by that statement. Get out of here! Uh oh. <laughs> now you've done it. You really got me upset. This is a bad one. Oh. So here's, here's for me. I like HOAs. They give us a standard in which to live by in our community. 
I like that there's consequences if, uh, if you make your house look like trash. And if I were in charge of HOA, the bad news for everybody else is I'd probably be a little more strict. Because... <coughs> that was a sneeze. Because there are houses in my neighborhood that have lawns that are terrible. There are houses that when I walk my dog on the sidewalk, I have to duck around like overgrown tree limbs and the branches hanging in the in the sidewalk. I'm like, come on, trim your trees, man. I feel like I'm going through an obstacle course walking my dog. And I know this sounds petty and it's probably going overboard. I'll take that. But I also don't like, like, if you're riding your bikes with your kids down the sidewalk or, again, walking the dog, whatever, when there's a bunch of cars in the driveway and they block the sidewalk i'm like ugh i have to walk around into the street now this is ridiculous i feel like there should be a clear path now i like i said probably going overboard but that is what in a perfect world for me i would like that i also wish there was some sound of sound ordinance with loud motorcycles cuz not only are motorcycles loud like we have the harleys go by that are ear piercingly loud, but they're so loud that the people in my neighborhood, they put these stereo systems in their motorcycles that are even louder than that. It's crazy. It's deafening a lot of times. Or the people who have the import cars, I understand you like, I'm a car person. I like modifications. I like custom, all that. But here's the thing. Nobody thinks the fart noise exhaust is cool except for the people who have them. How do you think that's cool to have a car? Like it's it's lawnmower fart sound, and, and I don't like it. And it wakes me up every day. It's where I'm watching something, I'm really getting into it, and then we have the fart noise, the lawnmower fart noise exhaust go by, and I'm like, I have to hit pause. Oh, same with the motorcycles. It's like, it's super annoying. But all these are probably reasons why a lot of my friends hate the HOA. They want the cars in their yard to work out and fix and, and And maybe they have a business where they do that. Okay. They don't want to cut the grass and edge every week. They don't care what the exterior looks like. They don't want to answer to anyone regarding where they live or what they do. They bought their house and they will do as they please. And I, I understand a little bit. I mean... I, as you know, I loathe cutting the grass and doing yard work. It's literally my least favorite thing to do. But I do it not only for my house and my yard to look nice and acceptable for my neighbors. I do it for them. I'm trying to make this place look good for you too. I don't want to be in the house on the street that looks like trash. I don't want to be that guy where you're some oh, look at this guy. Yeah, he's, he's terrible at his yard work. I don't want to be that guy. But it's the idea of someone imposing rules on your property that really gets under people's skin. Now, that being said, I also believe that there should be some grace and forgiveness. Now, I've, I've heard a few people that were complaining about the HOA saying how militant they are with the HOA fines and warnings. Like if you don't have your grass cut by this time, you get a warning and are fine. Like, okay, there's a little, we need some grace and some forgiveness. But if you were a serial non-grass cutter, or you put up a big giant blue section in your fence, or you leave your garbage cans out for weeks at a time, uh, the hammer's coming down. 
you should be getting the fine you should be getting a talking to that's just from me that's my standpoint and same goes for the rules in the bible for instance there's a lot of there's a lot of rules in the bible and but we need to have context for things we need to like the people that say that the bible is nothing but rules there's a lot of rules in there but they're for reasons right and if you don't really understand the rules or you kind of like pick them out here and there uh you'll you'll have problems like a lot of people say well the bible has all these rules and some of them don't don't even make sense like you can't eat shrimp or you can't do this no there are there are laws in the bible that were targeted at a certain people at a certain time that we now don't have to follow so there's context of things context you have to read it you have to understand it you got to study it that kind of things to really know the rules and how they apply to you for instance my daughter used the scripture on me a few weeks ago when she was being punished she said ephesians 6 4 fathers don't stir up anger in your children but bring them up in the training and instruction of the lord now obviously I was talking about rules that we almost follow as, as believers, and she was angry and used Ephesians 6-4 on me. And she was mad, and she was like, check this out. rule. This, check this rule out from the Bible that you broke, Pastor Adam. Now, I mean, the Scripture is the Scripture, and I cannot disagree with it. I believe it. It is correct. Ephesians 6-4, don't stir up anger in your children. I agree. I am not refuting that however i responded with the three verses that preceded the one that she brought it up and that's ephesians 6 1 through 4 children obey your parents in the lord because that is right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land so children obey your parents and life will be good for you and if they are respecting you listening to you, obeying you, don't provoke them to anger. But if the children are not obeying, respecting, parents have the right to punish and correct them. We know that the Bible is used for teaching and correcting. But for the fact of the matter is, for those who don't like rules in general, the Bible has a lot of them. But those rules... They are there for you and me, for us to live good lives and end up in heaven with Jesus, right? Yeah, that's what they are. The rules in the Bible are for our welfare, our future, for our good. Even if we don't like them, which a lot of people don't, some of that I don't. Can we agree on that? That they're for our good, for our welfare? Some can, some cannot. Like I said, I don't love all the rules. I mentioned a few that I don't want to. Um, but I acknowledge that I must. I accept those rules because I believe that the Bible, the entire Bible, every word in it is the inspired word of God. I believe everything in it, even if it sounds crazy or I don't understand it. Every word. A lot of Christians don't, though. They like part of it. They love other parts, but don't like other parts and don't think that those tough, hard to swallow or misunderstood parts are really God saying to keep these rules. Uh, when it comes to God's word, uh, what it says about sexuality, abortion, gender, slavery, 
or the fact that God killed many people in the Old Testament. People like to sort of um, ignore that. If it doesn't fit for what they think is right, uh, well, they'll either argue about it, what would, like they'll argue with the meaning or what that's really being said, or they ignore it, or they just exclude that from their set of rules that they think they should follow. And, and I think a lot of that, a lot of the problems uh, is the influence of the world. Um, and the world is another thing where people are like, oh, they roll their, oh, you're talking about the world. And, and they, they brush it off like, ugh, okay, whatever, use the world. But, but look at these scriptures. I, I shared these with the youth. I'll go through them quick. 1 John 2.15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Titus 2, 11 through 12, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. James 4, 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship of the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And lastly, 1 John 2.16, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. You, you see that, that last verse, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And this past Sunday, Tommy, uh, right here at Point North Church, talked about the dangers of pride in his sermon. Um, pride is a major stumbling block for many people. Uh, and having that right relationship with God. Being prideful, or, or another word, which we learned in scripture, haughty, is one of the seven things that God detests. Detests. I don't want some, I don't want to do something that the Lord detests. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna I want to stay away from that. So Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Pastor Tommy said in one of his points in the sermon, pride steals God's glory. It make us, pride makes us focus on ourself instead of him. But if we think about that, what is the first and most important commandment? Love your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. But how can we love him with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul for prideful and, you know, focusing on ourselves? We can't. It's impossible. I mean, we live in a world right now that looks down on us Christians because of our beliefs, especially our views on sexuality, gender, and abortion. And if you don't, they say, if you don't agree with us, you're an idiot, a fascist, a supremacist, a trumper, a MAGA, or they'll pull out the good old, um, depending on your skin color, racist. You know, like, there's just a lot of, they, they just want to attack you, right? And that's to be expected, though, because just as Tommy said in his message the other day, pride leads us to judging other people. And he had a quote from theologian Reinhold Niebern that said, most of the evil in this world does not come from evil people. It comes from people who consider themselves good. And I think that that is true. When I see like protests, uh, like the woke um, culture, the um, 
the things that oppose Christian beliefs, I don't think that they're trying to make things worse. I think they're trying to make things better. I just think that they, I think they're good people that I just kind of have, they don't have the, the biblical influence and knowledge to understand that they're, they're wrong. Um, they, they're trying to instill their beliefs on us to accept sexualities of all sorts. They want us to throw gender norms out the window. They think and believe that they're good and right. And their way of thinking is correct because the mean old Bible and its cruel rules can't be right. They don't think someone should not fit in. Someone who's struggling with identity or, or something like that could be sinful. They don't think that that is a bad thing because you know, like they want everybody to be included. They want everybody to be accepted. Um, they don't think that those types of people should face biblical consequences. And in, in the defense of their argument, they, they always say, but love is love. And a lot of people love that word. Love is love. Oh, isn't Jesus supposed to be all about love? And back to the topic, just like you should be able to, they think you should be able to do whatever you want with your property. They should be able to live the way they want or, you know, like, this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. It's the same kind of mentality or the most popular response. They're following their heart. That That's a lot. Of, a lot of the things with the um, gender identity Things like that is like, in their heart, they believe they're the opposite sex. In their heart, they believe this is um, how, like, this is how they feel. It's in their heart. Why should someone not be able to be with somebody of the same sex? Because it's their heart. God made me this way, so how could it be wrong? It's, it's, it's like, there's just a lot of love is love. It's all about the heart. But what I have to say the, the problem is, do you know what scripture says about the heart? Because in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And then as I was, I was researching uh, that, that verse about the heart, and I found a commentary which I lost. I wrote, I wrote down the, um, what the guy said, but I can't remember who it was that said it, so I would give him credit, but I, I can't. Um, it said, the heart, the conscience of man, in its corrupt and fallen state, is deceitful above all things. It calls evil good and good evil, and cries peace to those whom it does not belong. Herein, the heart is desperately wicked. It is deadly. It is desperate. So when us Christians call out somebody for their sinful ways, the world is quick to try and shut us up, to cancel us, to call us names. Like I said, um, well, Christians also have a hard time with it because I, I want to, I don't want to say it's like, I'm talking about the world, but I know a lot of Christians who kind of feel the same way, have a lot of the same ideology of we should be accepting of people. We shouldn't be judging them. I understand. Um, there, I have friends who completely disagree with the idea of calling people out. I see their side. I understand their argument, but I said earlier, if I believe the Bible is written, is the written inspired word of God, I have to believe in a hundred percent of it. I can't pick and choose what I think God is saying and what 
man put in there to do to some agenda. I have to believe that every rule in it, regardless if I like it or want to follow it, applies to me. I know as a Christian, I'm going to get backlash from non-believers and some well-intentioned Christians, and it's okay. And that's fine because Jesus warned me against it. Like He warned me that this was going to happen. John 15, 18 through 19. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. The world is going to hate us a lot of times. But that doesn't mean we stop telling people the truth. It doesn't mean we are cruel or disrespectful when sharing the truth. That doesn't mean we don't call out our brothers and sisters for for sinful behaviors. That doesn't mean we stop having tough conversations with people regarding sin and rules of the Bible. I mean, let's discuss it. Let's figure it out together. It's not about being judgmental. But if I believe you are off base and just let it go so don't we don't have an uncomfortable moment, well, that's not right either. The rules of the Lord written in Scripture are there for our well-being, our good, and for our future. So that is kind of where I'm going to leave it today. I have a little extra long one today. I think I made up for last week by extending this one out. Some good stuff. Um, leave a comment if you have any anything to add to this. It's good. Good stuff. Uh, I hope you have a great week. My, my week, by the way, so far, from last week's dumpster fire to today, like, it's it's been a good week. I'm excited about where we're going here. Good things happening in our house. After the bad week, the car troubles, let's look it up. Small group tonight, excited about it. So um, I hope you guys have a great week, and I'll see you next time.